This is Masters of Dispute Resolution on PodClips. Masters of Dispute Resolution is designed to provide those involved in the mediation process with the views of the most experienced and accomplished mediators and others experienced in the process. Through our discussions, you will gain insight into how to address and overcome difficult issues and achieve more satisfying results in mediation. Your host is Len Levy, mediator and arbitrator with ADR Services, Inc., a leading alternative dispute resolution provider. Lynn litigated complex cases for more than 30 years and has been a mediator since 1998 and is a member of the National Academy of Distinguished Neutrals. He has been recognized as a super lawyer in alternative dispute resolution each year since 2014. And now your host, Lynn Levy. Thank you, Daryl. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us on Masters of Dispute Resolution, a mini-seminar which will add tools to your mediation toolbox. We're brought to you by Lawyers Pacific Insurance Brokerage, Inc., the National Academy of Distinguished Neutrals, and ADR Services, Inc. Uh, In this season, our third, we're changing the format, and those of you who have been listening to it, I hope you've been enjoying the new format. And that format will still provide and still does provide insights into the mediation process, but doing so through the power of storytelling. In each episode uh, in season three, uh, you will hear a story about a conflict, the impact of that conflict uh, on the lives of the parties involved, how resolution was reached, and lessons to be taken from that conflict and its resolution. Now, many of the details of the story you are about to hear have been modified to preserve the confidentiality essential to mediation while also conveying the essence of the conflict and its resolution. The the story today is going to be The collapsed deck caused catastrophic injuries and overcoming impediments to address the client's needs following that catastrophe. Um, And joining me today is a, a friend who we met last season. We were introduced and have become friends. Um, Jeff Truman is, uh, is, is a real, um, he's a real mediator's mediator. He's become that. Um, he, he's an experienced full-time mediator and arbitrator. Uh, he helps parties resolve a wide variety of litigated and pre-litigated, uh, uh, disputes, uh, uh, pre-suit disputes, I should say, and interpersonal problems concerning Things like what we're going to be discussing today, catastrophic injuries, uh, wrongful death, professional malpractice, employment, business dissolution, real property, and domestic relations. Now, Jeff specialized in, specializes in interpersonal conflict and is well known, is very well known as a manager of difficult conversations. Um, and he will provide a great deal of insight into uh, the story you're about to hear. Um, Jeff, I, I might add, also is a past director of dispute resolution for the Circuit Court of Baltimore City, at, where he oversaw more than 70 retired judges and senior attorneys, 
conducting over 1,500 mediations, settlement conferences, and neutral evaluations per year. He's also uh, a distinguished fellow of the International Academy of Mediators, and uh, that uh, is an invitation-only membership organization uh, consisting of some of the most successful commercial mediators in the world. And Jeff is also an adjunct professor at the prestigious Strauss Institute for Dispute Resolution at the Pepperdine School of Law in Malibu, California. And that's that's pretty good for an East Coaster, I've got to tell you. <laughs> Jeff, welcome back to Masters of Dispute Resolution. Thanks very much, Len. I'm very happy to be here, happy to, to spend some time with you, and um, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, it, it is it is absolutely my pleasure, and I appreciate you being here. This is this is a, a story that that Jeff uh, told me about, and uh, it was fascinating. Um, and I could go into it and go into it and go into it, but that's not what we're going to be doing here. We're going to we're going to have Jeff be our guide through this story, um, starting out really with with this this whole idea of a catastrophic injury um which i will let jeff describe and and let's see where it went from there thank you um thank you len uh there was a family reunion um that occurred in a remote area of maryland that um has some really nice big houses that accommodate large groups of, of people for these kinds of gatherings, a summertime reunion of sorts um, in a lake, like sort of lakeside uh, wooded town. And um, everything was great for the first day or so. And um, pictures were taken as families were gathering and um, posing for pictures, having fun, having ice cream, going out on the lake, doing the, all the kinds of, outdoorsy things one would do when you're getting together um, in a town like that and in a, in a big house that you're renting. And it's, it's, it's something that you really look forward to. Well, unfortunately, uh, right as some pictures were being taken, um, part of the deck uh, on the upper level uh, gave way, the railing gave way, and some people fell uh, quite away and were catastrophically injured. And the the unfortunate reality is, is that a lot of it was captured on camera, no video, but there were pictures sort of in real time. And um, it, it led to, as you might imagine, a, a just an unimaginable change, instantaneous change in the lives of the families who were there. So there, you know, people were injured along a spectrum of, 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 of disability, uh, everything from paralysis to um, mental and emotional uh, injuries, just because they witnessed the, the the event. And so there were, of course, many broken bones. There were uh, broken backs. There were um, uh, brain injuries. So it was it was it was just an unimaginable horrific event. And and, and these what, are what people happened? of all ages, right? People of all ages, mostly though the adults who were injured, and some of whom were young mothers in their 30s. And so you can imagine then that the, the ripple effect 
of something like this was really just uh, unimaginable. And that's the, that's the starting place of the mediation, essentially. Well, as I as I recall, as you told the story that this it didn't like go directly from this to into a mediation. There were some there were some things that took place in between that may not have contributed exactly to a final resolution. That's right. Well, as you might imagine, there was a, an, a, a a threatened lawsuit. There were efforts to try to resolve the case before it emerged into uh, federal court, um, but it, they were unsuccessful. And so it, a, a lawsuit was filed against many defendants. You had uh, the owner of the house. You had a property manager. You had the website that uh, facilitated the booking. You had other repair people that uh, emerged through some early discovery that may have had something to do with the deck and some um, notion that the very same part of the railing had broken before years, a couple of years before. So you might imagine once these details start to emerge, it becomes quite concerning, not only for plaintiff's counsel, but for the families and for the defendants. Because now we're looking at a much more serious situation in terms of who knew what, who should have disclosed something, and who might be responsible. Well, th- this this uh, uh, sounds like so many of the the types of cases that that uh, we've dealt with, where where you have multiple injuries, you have potentially multiple causes, and that always means multiple insurance companies and we're we're going to we're going to be talking a little bit about how that uh entered the picture when we come back on masters of dispute resolution i'm talking to jeff truman and this is len levy masters of dispute resolution would like to thank adr services incorporated your partner in resolution and its founder lucy Barron, for supporting this podcast ADR Services is one of the leading providers of alternative dispute resolution in California. Leveraging technology to drive resolution, ADR Services is committed to dynamism in the face of growing client need and an ever-evolving legal climate. Now operating offices in all major legal markets of California, ADR Services provides unparalleled in-person and remote resolution services through its exclusive panel comprised of more than 130 of the most distinguished and talented neutrals across the state, capable of handling challenging and complex mediations, arbitration, and other procedures in every field of law. When you seek the services of a neutral and you want results and satisfied clients, contact ADR Services, www.adrservices.com. Welcome back to Masters of Dispute Resolution. Our guest today is Jeff Truman. Uh, Jeff uh, is talking to us about the story of a family gathering that turned uh, tragic and um, how the not only did it turn tragic, but it also turned complex and created uh, impediments to what was the core idea here, and that is help the people get what they were entitled to uh, in order to move forward with their lives. So, Jeff, as it got complicated, can you describe how that happened? 
Yes. So there were efforts to try to resolve this. I mean, to everyone's credit, there were earnest discussions. Um, they did not finish the, the and finish the, re the resolution. So the parties went to mediation with a retired judge. And um, unfortunately, that did not resolve it either. Um, in fact, it created a little bit more complexity because the way in which the retired judge conducted the mediation um, made the main insurance adjuster, the main claims professional who is managing most of the money available, um, that that dynamic did not go well, to say the least. And so to, to sort of summarize the, the expectations of how the lawyers and the insurance companies were going to negotiate did not really follow form. In other words, um, I often say to parties, movement begets movement. In other words, you're expected to try to cooperate in a way that's reciprocal. Um, this is a bargaining dynamic where you know you make a demand, I make an offer, and we try to put aside the adversarial litigated dynamic because uh, we're not in court. We're there to try to resolve it. And so, however, some mediators and some retired judges, some lawyers too, um, manage that dynamic in a way that's that's less conciliatory and that's more demanding. And unfortunately, that's what happened here. And so mm -hmm. the insurance adjuster had a very bad taste in his mouth and didn't really want to come back to mediation a second time. Everyone else did, though, because everyone else knew that it was important to try to bring the resources sooner rather than later to the family. So I, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. You had a I, I, I just wanted to interject the everyone else. Uh, we have an insurance adjuster. Um, we have um, plaintiff's attorney. We have multiple defense attorneys, correct? And multiple insurance professionals because there were multiple insurance policies from different carriers involved. Hmm. Okay. So that's what made it what made it complicated also is that one of the insurance policies um, would be wasting away with every bit of defense work that had to be done. The technical term for it is a wasting policy. So, you know, a typical million dollar primary policy to insure a vacation home um, also has a pot of money for defense costs, not if it's a wasting policy. Every time that the defense lawyer does something, that million dollars is decreased by however much time the defense lawyer does the work. So it's different. And that was a big deal in this case because the perception was um, that this insurance adjuster was litigious and, and aggressive, overly so, and wasting away money that would otherwise go to these families. And so it was one more element amongst a very long list of slights that the parties sort of maintained that this bad insurance adjuster was making life difficult for everybody by overly litigating the case and wasting away this insurance policy. So that was a big hurdle. Um, and so I, I had suggested to defense counsel once I was asked to get involved that we go have lunch and sit down and talk to this insurance adjuster a, because I didn't think the person was really as evil as everybody thought. I mm. thought he might have a story to tell about his perspective. And sure enough, that was the case. And we were able to get him convinced to come back to the table and negotiate. Now, there were some parameters. There were some requirements. Um, on the other side, plaintiffs have kept demanding all of the money available. 
Well, there were defenses. And in Maryland, it's complicated, but there are high stakes. Mm -hmm. If you as a plaintiff in Maryland have any responsibility whatsoever, you might get nothing. It's called contributory negligence. So there was a big risk for the family that they might get nothing in the legal process in the in the court process because if a court found them contributorily negligent there would be no recovery so they had something to think about to come back to the table too so so, so we, Mar Maryland hasn't embraced the comparative negligence that uh, is in California no okay another another lesson that actually carries through from uh Jeff's prior uh, visit uh to masters of dispute resolution and that is uh, be sure you know what rules you're dealing with in what whatever jurisdiction. Because, well, right. Yeah. 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 That because that, that, it matters. It makes a big deal difference, and and it and it will affect the reasons why people want to come back. It will affect how they bargain, and it will also affect how they perceive the other side. Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned, there was a very long list of slights, and I think it got in the way of the bigger picture. Um, and I'm not blaming anybody. I just know that in a litigated context, it's very easy for everyone to kind of slide back into an adversarial posture. And yet, you know, not only did the families deserve the resources, I, the defendants deserved to be free from the stress. Now, in a catastrophic injury like this case, Len, you, you can certainly appreciate they were facing excess exposure because of the nature of the injuries. They were very much potentially on the hook for having to pay a lot of money, perhaps bankruptcy level money, addition to in addition to what was there for insurance coverage. The, the total of the life care plans and all of the hospital bills, et cetera, was more, could be more than what was available in coverage. So there was a lot to consider and the stakes were very high. Um, fortunately, everyone agreed to come back and I think that was for everyone's benefit. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the it seems then that the perception is that there was something in it for them, the, the old what's in it for me to 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 negotiate. Both right. on the defense and and on the plaintiff's end. Um and and the the way of getting the plaintiff the maximum amount of money that to which they were entitled um meant don't waste that money litigating because then then that policy limit goes down. That's right. And that that was that was a big driving force for everyone to come back. And I will share with you a, a little bit, you know, after the next break as to how that dynamic unfolded. We we did an in-person mediation. We had it at a special location. Um, the family, I had met with them on Zoom ahead of time, but they, you know, weren't really able to travel the distance from out of state mm -hmm. to come to the location. So, but we did have the actual uh, owners of the property management company there because mm -hmm. they were facing significant excess exposure. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So, so basically now we're, we're at a point where the parties have agreed to come back. And right. um, and everyone is going to be assembled. Um, I want I'm going to ask you a question uh, just to preview it. Uh, in California, very few joint sessions. What what happens in Maryland and what happened in Maryland in this case? 
we'll hear more from Jeff about that and the other aspects of this case, what it took to settle it. Uh, when we get back on Masters of Dispute Resolution. Most attorneys need professional liability coverage, but very few are professional liability experts. And there are so many options when it comes to legal malpractice insurance. How do you know how much coverage you need? What should your policy limits be? What if you've had a past claim? You shouldn't have to take time away from helping your clients to research professional liability coverage. And with lawyer-specific insurance brokerage on your side, you don't need to. Their professional liability experts shop California's leading insurance carriers to find your firm the right coverage at the best price. Lawyer-specific founders Al and Debbie Hernandez have over 50 years combined experience working with the highest rated providers of lawyers' professional liability insurance. So trust the brokerage with access to over 40 carriers in California to find a cost-effective malpractice insurance solution for your firm. Go to LawyersPacific.com and click Request a Quote. Welcome back to Masters of Dispute Resolution. I'm Len Levy, and we are hearing a great story told by Jeff Truman. Jeff, let's continue with uh, what 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 went on next <laughs> well we we met and conducted the mediation i recognize that california uh, in many ways leads uh, our world of, of dispute resolution and in this case there was not a joint session i i i am a big fan of them i have them in other catastrophic injury and death cases i have had them and they are not easy but they can be super effective in my opinion but mm -hmm. not in this case there was a lot of tension, not only between opposing counsel, but I have to I have to say that there was there was a lot of discussion as to who was going to attend the mediation, primarily because the lawyer representing the um, property management company, because there was excess exposure, they had their own lawyer, okay, their own separate Ooh. lawyer to protect them in that way. That lawyer was in constant contact, almost to a point where it was damaging with the insurance adjuster to settle the case. And the insurance adjuster was trying to make, make his case that, well, we have defenses here and we don't have any sense as to what the, where, whether the plaintiffs are bargaining in a way that I find is in good faith. This is mm -hmm. the language that the insurance adjuster is using. So there was a lot of tension between them that had to be managed. Mm -hmm. So it was quite clear from the outset that there was not going to be any productive discussion if we had a joint session. So we remained in caucus throughout. I did bring lawyers together at times when I thought that the, the that particular smaller dynamic would be helpful. So yeah. we worked our way around the numbers and for a good chunk of the time, there was a demand that the property management pay some amount of money out of its pocket, again, because they were hammering excess exposure, excess exposure, you got to pay something. And it was frustrating because it took up a lot of time, but we ended up finally getting within the policy limits, which means that the uh, the, the the folks who owned the property management company weren't going to have to pay anything in order to settle the case. Once we were within that zone that the plaintiffs would take something to settle within the insurance limits, that was a significant step. Um, but we still weren't there because we weren't clear on the numbers. Um, the case and and I didn't have access to the family, as I told you, the family was not there physically and mm -hmm. I did not um, 
see them on Zoom. This was a facility that was very technically uh, capable. So everybody had Zoom connections, et cetera, um, with other people. And so I had some, and I'm used to working with just the lawyers. So it was fine in that regard, but we ended up hitting a wall where, um, you know, plaintiffs wanted X and the the, the collective amount of money from all the carriers uh, was, was less than that. Mm-hmm. And and we and we ended it. Um, I tried. I, I tried to float a proposal. It's a technical way of, of a mediator trying to close the case. Mediators know what I mean by that. But for folks maybe listening, it's basically a number that a mediator throws out to try to tempt everyone to say yes, and it didn't work. So it 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 ended. But the conversation continued. Eleven o'clock that night, I'm texting the plaintiffs' lawyers who are driving back to their hometown. You know, with a potential set of terms which I was thinking I could get the insurance companies to agree to, but they weren't official offers. So Mm. I'm continuing to work the case, knowing that at least we have um, the the defendants as um, people out of the case. It was just Mm. their company. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in, in this setting, as you know, things change. So the very next day, the court made a ruling that excused any claim against the property managers personally. That was a big shift as well on a summer on a summary judgment motion. Right? Well, yeah, so it was like a, a partial motion to dismiss right. the actual owners of the property management company. That was a shift, and mm-hmm. but but the big wrinkle that I encountered is that remember I was talking about that wasting policy, right? Well, there was a, a big fight amongst the insurance companies off to the side about whose policy was going to be paid first, and then second. And so that was its own lawsuit. And unfortunately, that lawsuit was about a $400,000 bill that the wasting carrier was claiming it was now going to pay, not to the families, but to this other lawsuit. So imagine now the complication and the upset feelings that the family is going to have and their lawyers when I have to disclose that I learned after mediation, wait a second, we were counting on about that million dollars to go towards the families. It ain't there. We're talking about maybe about 600 or so because of this other sidebar lawsuit. And again, the allegations come up about, well, that's so-and-so's fault because he's the one driving the law. So it was a lot of finger pointing. And it took a good couple of weeks of sheer raw perseverance to get that carrier to do an about face, put the money back on the policy so that we could add it up to a number that would finally settle the case. It was just a lot of endless phone calls and emails to make that happen. Along the way, the uh, the, the defense lawyers were, were talking to the plaintiff's lawyers. It was really a group effort to bring it together. And, but it, it, it was very stressful, as you might imagine, because the stakes were so high for everyone not only for the parties, for the plaintiffs, because of contributory negligence, not only because of the um, excess potential, but you had all of this carrier, all of these coverage issues that were happening in the background. And I wanted to see the case settle, obviously for my own professional reasons, but also because I felt so horrible seeing all the pictures and thinking about what was supposed to be a wonderful moment for the family turning so horribly tragic. Mm-hmm. And then seeing how the conflict became yet its own dramatic, destructive story in a way. And I'm not pointing fingers. I don't mean to do that to anybody in particular, but it's just the dynamic of what litigation does. It can be very damaging and very difficult and complicating 
for everyone to try to find some relief in this way. Now, so, it, it, yeah. it, 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 sorry to interrupt, but it, 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 it also seems that there was a common interest in both defense carrier, a defense counsel and plaintiff's counsel to get this done. Yes. And, and um, th- that that dynamic, it, it, it and we'll get into takeaways in a bit, but that dynamic may have overcome some of the other dynamics, uh, such as the carrier being um, put off by the judge and things of that nature. Well, it made strange bedfellows in a way like politics can do, because there were similar interests uh, across the V, you know, between plaintiff and defendant to actually Mm -hmm. get the thing settled. So there were joint interests in that regard to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, But there were along the way, a a lot of um, excuses and a lot of reasons why, well, we're not moving. We made the last move. It's their turn. No, we did it. You know, they didn't. There's a lot of reasons why both sides dug in after the mediation into their positions. And I was looking back at some of the emails as I was preparing for today's show, recalling uh, just how intractable it felt for those days after the mediation. And it's, I really just have to say, it was just a lot of perseverance to try to unlock that. Right, right. And and, and getting getting the these carriers, um, uh, the carrier, for example, that gave, that essentially um, was convinced to put that money back in. It it sounds like it was something something like there was a dispute over the use of those funds or what. That's funds, right. Is yes. that is that's what happened. That's exactly what it was. That you know the the story that I was hearing from that carrier was we only are on the hook for a million. We don't care whether whether it goes to litigation expenses or whether it goes to the family. That's all we're obligated to pay. And you know there's a big dispute about that. So naturally, it took a lot of effort to turn it around. Right. Well, when we get back, we are going to hear Jeff tell us about some of the takeaways from this. This is a uh, this is going to be something that is going to be particularly useful, I think, uh, for both mediators and and attorneys. Uh, to listen to what happened here, uh, because the 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 term that Jeff used earlier, strange bedfellows, sometimes you need to put them in the same bed. And <laughs> we're going to take a break, and and when we're back uh, in Masters of Dispute Resolution, we'll hear those takeaways. Masters of Dispute Resolution is sponsored by the National Academy of Distinguished Neutrals. NADN is the premier invitation only association of civil mediators and arbitrators in the United States with members in every state of the nation. Only experienced ADR professionals who are widely acceptable to local plaintiff and defense firms are invited to join the Academy's roster. The Academy's website, nadn.org, is the most widely visited neutrals database in the world today. With over 40,000 law offices, insurance companies, and corporations visiting our free website annually. Firms can search for neutrals by many criteria, including location, 
case expertise, qualifications, language skills, and most NADN members also publish their available dates, calendars, online, making NADN.org the go-to website for law firms wishing to schedule appointments online with their preferred mediators. For more information, please visit www.nadn.org today. Welcome back to Masters of Dispute Resolution. This is Len Levy. I am talking with Jeff Truman, who's relating a fascinating story of a tragedy uh, and uh, what it took to get that tra- the people who have suffered the tragedy uh, a- in a little better place. And uh, Jeff, um, what we what we're going to be talking about? Well, first, let's get into it settled. How did it settle? <laughs> it settled with a lot of effort. Um, and, and really, in fair, with everyone involved, it really wasn't the mediator. It wasn't just me pushing. I was pushing a lot with the carrier who who had the money that was being spent on this other lawsuit and convincing them to no, put it back in the settlement pot so that it can go to the families. That's what was my primary uh, objective. In the meantime, uh, opposing counsel are talking. And, and they're talking in a way to try to bridge the gap that we left at mediation. So, and and, mean, and also there were dispositive motions that were filed so that the defense might get out of the case entirely if the if the court ruled in their favor. Those had been filed just before mediation, and of course there's always some consternation on plaintiff's part, but that's the way it goes. Mm-hmm. So the court was because they had ruled on other motions. There was now a, a, a sort of a, a way that everyone saw this might actually get ruled on more quickly than everyone thinks. Um, and that created some urgency. So that's definitely right. a factor in our favor. Right. The fact the fact that everyone's having conversations worked in our favor right. and that we were able to get that money back from the lawsuit to the families, back into the settlement column. That was the big ticket. And then there was movement. There was a little extra more from once that was in place, there was a little extra more from the insurance company, a little bit more reduction from the families in their demand. And and we were able to cross the finish line at that point. You so know, it took about it took a couple weeks of effort. You know, it, it people think that that uh, in a mediation, you know, the the mediator has uh, control uh, and and to a degree uh, we can control process. Um but the dynamics are something that sometimes happen with no control on our on our part whatsoever, and um, the um, the idea that that the parties can come up with solutions uh, is is uh, and and in this case, attorneys can come up with solutions to overcome uh, in- impediments. Uh, that that's not to be overlooked. It's, but, but to your, your credit, really, Jeff, I mean, having, being able to bring all of this together and having the credibility of the parties and have, having the credibility of the attorneys, um, that I think, uh, it, it seems to me from hearing the story, uh, that, that you did a fantastic job in, in doing that, um, what what I wanted to wanted to um, to find out from you 
in and in, in kind of along those lines is that you've described a very anxiety ridden process for everyone concerned, including you. Could you yeah, could you can yeah. you describe just what those anxieties, what what was going through your mind as a mediator? Yes, I'm. This will be my therapeutic moment with you. Um, yeah, I still think about it. Um, how can't How can't you? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, as a human being, you have this story, and it's it'll stick with me for the rest of my life. There's no doubt about it. Um, my one of the main takeaways that I I think I shared with you when we were talking about this um, is that the the process the the justice system you know litigation the way in which sort of you know justice was sort of brought about whatever that means but however this finally settled it felt very destructive in a in a in a in a broad sort of way in a very tragic way because there's so much pain and grief that's generated by the event itself that i i from the deepest part of me would have preferred a process that could be more healing, that could be more uh, nurturing, that could mm-hmm. be more hopeful, dare I say, in some way. And I, and I really want to emphasize that the lawyers were very good. Please understand that although they are experienced litigators who are rightfully skeptical and experienced, um, they also are reasonable. They also understand that the case had to settle. And I, I want to credit them for doing some of that work as well. And I know that none of them would have wanted it to go the way that it went. So I am not trying to imply that anybody was really at fault for that. But for me, I just can't help but think about my childhood, right? seeing people fighting or mm-hmm. seeing cartoons where superheroes might bring justice, but they lay waste to the town. Mm-hmm. I always was affected by that thinking like, that's not, that's not a good thing right there. That's a bad thing. It's a tragic thing. I feel sad watching that. And I felt the same way. Um, and I, I wonder to what extent other people felt the same way who were involved. You know, I, I don't really think I'm that much different than most people. I just think that that was how I felt uh, for me personally. I think that everyone knew the case had to settle and, and everyone worked hard. And I, 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 um, I, I just, I see it professionally. What can I do differently? You know, can I manage the the money differently, the, the bargaining, the negotiating differently, but emotionally speaking, it was very, it was very challenging um, because of the nature of the case, but then also the nature of the process. I think as mediators, we can take comfort uh, by the fact that, we participated in a process that uh, has self-determination as part of its core, uh, that the interests of the parties are, are addressed, and that the alternative to doing this uh, and the alternative to going through the very difficult process that you have is an even more difficult process. I've said Many times in in talking to to people, because I I tried cases for 30 years, and it's like, you know, um, if you think that's a fun recreational activity, trying cases, it's not. It may be fun for some of the lawyers, but 
It's not for the, you know, you have essentially, if it's a two-week trial, it's two weeks of each side calling the other a liar. So, you know, if if, if that's fun for you, well, gosh, God help you. But yeah. but in any event, what we're doing and, and what, what you did in this case to work through all of the technical aspects of it, to herd the cats, so to speak, in a way that re, that produced a result is uh, that that you did. Um, I, I I don't know, Jeff. Do you you have any sense of 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 how the families were affected after uh, the mediation at all? I don't have personal knowledge, but I know that the money was going to go for uh, mobility. Uh, throughout their lives, you know, mobility in their living place and through their transportation uh, for needed treatment, needed therapies. Uh, I know that that's the immediate place where those dollars and resources were going to go because I had talked to them ahead of time. So I knew that going in. Right, right, right. Well, thank you for thank you for doing what you did for the people. Uh, and thank you again for for. Uh, being on this podcast, and I, I hope people, uh, not just not just uh, uh, the attorneys or the mediators, but people who are in conflict who listen to this podcast will get something from this uh, and and a, a better understanding. And um, and so, again, thanks for thanks for doing this, uh, Jeff. Can can you just tell us? A little bit in terms of uh, how how people can best uh, uh, contact you. Sure, I appreciate that. My, I'm on on online like most people. You can just Google my name, Jeff Truman. The only issue is to put an E in my last name, Truman, uh, and you'll find me. I have a website uh, www.jefftruman.com. You can reach me. I have my phone number, my email there, and I'd be happy to chat with you about about how you might make the process a little bit better in your case or or help you in some way thank you thank you very much uh jeff and thank you daryl wayne our engineer and producer and i'm your host len levy uh, this is masters of dispute resolution on podclips.io powered by infogen labs inc I, I hope you will continue to enjoy the stories we bring you But in the meantime, stay well, keep listening, and remember, peace of mind is enhanced when conflict is resolved. If you wish to contact Len Levy, you can reach him through his email at lslevy at adrservices.com, through Len's website, lenlevymediate.com, telephone him at 818-903-5562, or contact his case manager at ADR Services, 213-683-1600.